Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4, beginning in verse 18. Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee. There he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Jesus said, Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets, and they followed Christ. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father preparing their nets, and Jesus called them. And immediately they too left the boat and their father, and they followed Christ. And let us pray. Gracious God, thank you again for this document. Thank you for preserving for us your great love for your creation, but also the wisdom and the guidance it, pro it provides. Now, Lord, give strength to this sinner, say, by your grace, that your word and work may be accomplished this day. In Christ's holy name, amen. Please be seated. When it's all been said and done, what will our families remember about you and me as being fathers? When we finish our journey on earth, what will they think when our days on this side of eternity come to an end? What will they remember? What kind of impressions and what imprints are we leaving in the lives of our children and family members? We know that the Bible teaches us that children are a gift from God. It's the miracle of life. It is God revealing His creative power in human history. Fatherhood and parenting brings with it enormous responsibility. We live in a day and age where we sadly have witnessed the breakdown of the human family. We hear about dropout dads and deadbeat dads. But we know there are a lot of godly men who live out with faithfulness and sacrifice their devotion to God and to their children and to their families. In the biblical record, we see examples of both. We read about a man by the name of Nabed. Nabed, it is written, followed in the footsteps of his father. And he was an evil and a wicked man. We also read about another man whose name was Ammon. And likewise in the biblical record it is written that he too followed in the footsteps of his father. And he sinned against God. And he led other people to sin against God. But we also see many wonderful examples 
of godly fathers and godly mothers. We read about Abraham, the father of the faithful. We read about David, the man after God's own heart. We read about Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. We read about Joseph, who trusted God at a very important and critical moment in his and Mary's life. And today we read about a little-known father who is known to us as Zebedee. We don't read a whole lot about Zebedee in the Bible. We preachers don't say a whole lot about this man. But when you begin to try to get a sense for this man's life, most certainly you gain respect for who he was. Zebedee was a highly successful businessman. He wasn't simply a fisherman. Extra biblical material teaches us that he had a commercial fishing fleet. So he had many boats. And he was resourceful. He was wealthy. And he was a loving and devoted father. His two sons, James and John. Zebedee stood there that day. And he listened to the call of Christ upon their lives. And we don't read that he tried to persuade his sons to stay in the family business. Don't walk away from your home. Don't walk away from this business. No. Zebedee, by grace and by reverence to God, gave his blessings that James and John would follow Christ and the Spirit of God wherever God would take them. Little did he know what wonderful work these two sons of his would do for the building of God's kingdom. Little did he realize how history preserved for us the biblical record and the writings of Josephus and other extra biblical material about these two men who had such a promising and a prosperous future in front of them. They could live in a wealthy status. But they chose to follow Christ. What's the greatest gift we fathers can give our children? You know, I've got to admit something this morning. I thought, I feel like I'm preaching to the choir. You all know what that means. But maybe, maybe by God's grace, He can take something out of this that will be useful and helpful in your journey of faith. What's the greatest gift we can give our children? Whether it be fathers or mothers or grandfathers and grandmothers or aunts or uncles or whatever. What's the greatest gift we can give our children? It's the gift of faith.
Why? Because that has eternal consequences in our children's life. When we we sit and talk with a couple about baptism, we clergy talk about a number of things. And we know that, we know as parents, loving parents, we want to give our children the best opportunities at life. We want to give them the best homes to live in, the best nutrition, the best experiences, and the best education. And we want to give them the best opportunity to come to know and experience the one who gave them life and the one who sustains their life. Zebedee was a man of faith. We know that that he gave, he had great reverence and respect for God. Jesus wasn't a stranger to Zebedee. He knew of Jesus. And he had even given financial resources to support the ministry of Christ. So when, so when, when, when Jesus called James and John, Zebedee didn't argue. He didn't try to talk them out of it. For he had raised his children in faith. And he had enough reverence and faith. He knew he needed to let them go. To let them go. You know, it's interesting as clergy, what we experience in the life of ministry. I can remember at one of my previous churches, uh, one of the church pillars had died. And he was a godly, saintly man, a widower. And he had a son and a daughter-in-law and a, and a granddaughter. And his son and his daughter-in-law and the grandchild never came to church. And you know from being his pastor, it grieved his heart. And then he died. Then I met with the son and the daughter-in-law. And we planned his funeral. And the father said, asked me if I could talk with their daughter. Help her understand death. The cold reality of losing somebody you love. And then he said, uh, he told me this. A little seven-year-old girl asked her mom and dad, What happened to Pop-Up? And the father's response, he's gone to heaven. And then she asked, what's heaven? What's heaven? And they felt the shame. Guilt and grief are a torturous pair. What does the Bible teach us? Train your children up in the way of the Lord, and when they're old, they won't depart from it. There you have it from the book of Proverbs, from Scripture itself, God's instruction to you and me about our children. I read a story this week about a couple who always took turns reading to their daughter before they put her to bed and prayed with her. And the father's one night reading about the creation account. And the little girl says, Daddy, what's creation? And so he explained creation is about how God made things. And she's like, Daddy, did God make you? And he said, yes, God made Daddy many, many years ago. Did God make Mommy? God made Mommy many, many years ago. Did God make me? Yes, God made you. And she went, God's getting better, isn't he? (laughs) God's getting better. Is there a greater gift? that we can give our children or our grandchildren or our nieces and our nephews 
than the gift of faith. You know, several years ago, I think I, I shared this with you, I had a wedding here at the church, and the groom had played for the shorebirds. And he shared with me that his, father, his grandfather was dying of cancer, and he was from Ohio, and his grandfather couldn't make the trip. And it grieved his heart because he and his brother were so close to their grandparents. And he grieved because he just wanted his father to be able to witness his wedding. He said he wasn't brought up in church by his parents, but every Saturday morning, the grandparents would take he and his brother to McDonald's. And when they would get their order, they would sit down and they would pray over the food. And that was their introduction to faith. And this young man who played for the Shorebirds, by the way, is now a youth pastor. So the day of the wedding, he was, he was grieving. His heart was heavy. He wanted his grandfather and grandmother. And he was afraid his grandfather wouldn't live to see the video. So we took his cell phone. And we called his grandmother and grandfather. And we put it on a little praying bench. And we put it on speakerphone. So his grandfather could hear every word of the wedding. Saying grace over burgers at McDonald's gave two young men the gift of faith. What is the greatest gift we can give our children? It's the gift of faith. And we need to obviously give them love. You know, Zebedee loved these boys enough that he let them go. We've all heard that expression, but there's profound truth in that statement. Sometimes when loved ones are dying, we have to love them enough to let them go. To let them go to be with God. To let, let God take them home. To take them out of that sick and frail and painful body. Zebedee loved these boys enough that he let them go. That had to be a hard thing to do. To see him walk away from the home and the family business. Not knowing that he'd ever see him again. But he let him go. He let him follow what God had in store for them. Max Lucado is one of the great writers of our day. Maybe the most popular Christian writer of our day. He writes, his father was a very, very respected auto mechanic. His grandfather was a very, very respected auto mechanic. He writes that his father and grandfather had crankcase oil running in their veins. But he said his father tried to teach him how to work on automobiles. But he said, I couldn't tell the difference between a differential and a disc brake. But he loved to read. So what did his father do? He gave him a library card. He gave him books to read at Christmas. He made sure he had a lamp on his nightstand by his bed so he could read at night. And then when he was in high school, his father paid for college courses in literature. That's loving your child enough to let him go. To let him be and experience what God wants him to be. To experience life at the highest level. To experience God's plan and purpose in their life. Did Zebedee have any idea 
that when James and John walked out of this out of sight, that they would become these great men of God. That James would spend 17 years, one of the original apostles, early disciples, building the kingdom of God. That he would die for his faith, the second martyr of the Christian faith. That John would likewise. And John would leave with us that maybe the most popular book in all the Bible, the Gospel of John. And first, second, and third epistles of John. And then when he was exiled on the island of Patmos, God opened the curtain of future and gave him a glimpse as he wrote the book of Revelation. All because a father loved him enough to let him go. And let him be what God wanted him to be. I think the greatest gift we can give our children is the gift of faith and the gift of our love. So I'll close with this. Little Bobby was going to his, with his father to the barber shop on Saturday morning. And it sounds like that barber shop was a little bit like the barber shop I went to as a boy. Guys, we get in there and talk. Does anybody else go to a barber shop like that? Thank you. <laughs> I thought something was wrong with me or something. So anyhow, the men are talking, and finally it comes time for Bobby's father to get his hair cut, and he gets his hair cut, and then it's time for little Bobby. Anybody remember the board? They put the board up on the arm of the barber's chair. It was, it was a special moment in my life, and I no longer had to sit on the board. <laughs> I felt like I was somebody then. So the barber puts the board, and little Bobby crawls up, sits on the board. And the barber says, Bobby... How do you want your hair cut? And he said, just like daddy's, with a little hole in the back. <laughs> just like daddy's, with a little hole in the back. That speaks volumes about the love of a father and his child. God has given us precious gifts in life. He's given to us the gift of children and grandchildren and nieces and nephews. And I'm not trying to suggest we preach to them. At least that seldom works, I think. But I think we live a life before them in which we model the faith, which we give them what they rightly deserve, and that is a quality and a depth of love that we can love them enough to let them go. Zebedee had no idea these great men of God that his two sons would become. But I strongly suspect that in his heart he knew he had to let them go. He had to let them go and to be what God wanted him to be. Let's pray. Holy God, Thank you for entrusting to us that awesome responsibility of children and grandchildren. And I pray, O oh God, that we would be faithful to your instruction. 
And that when it's all said and done, when our days are over, that our children and grandchildren remember each of us as people of faith, as people who loved them. In Christ's holy name, amen.